What's up, everybody? Welcome to Season 2, Episode... Uh, not Episode 5. We had a change in programming, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to rerun Season 1, Episode 4 with Nick Lambert in Montana. We were going to be doing a live interview with him and Clark, and they were going to be talking about growing pains. Nick's already done a show with us, Season 1, Episode 4, that we will be rerunning. And he talks about growing pains. Here's a hint. He basically got rid of most of his employees and started from scratch. His business has gone from that, nothing. And I think they're going to be pushing on $5 million this year. Um, so we want to kind of set the stage for the show that we were going to have today that we're not going to be able to. All right. So... Rerun today, and in a few weeks, we're going to have a live interview with Nick to give us an update on how things are going since the last interview. Also, they're going to talk about scaling up to 30, 40 employees and what that looks like compared to the first iteration of his business. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good show. Hope you enjoy it. Be sure to drop a comment below because we want to respond to the questions that you have on this episode when we talk to Nick next time. Take care, guys. You're listening to the Disaster Podcaster. I'm your host, Clark Brown. We're going to be talking about the restoration industry. We're going to talk about the projects that we run, the challenges that we face, and the people that make up this industry. We're going to sometimes just have conversations, and sometimes we're going to have great, incredible guests. Whatever we do, it's going to be real, it's going to be authentic, and it's going to be fun. So we're glad you made it, and I hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon, or morning, depending on when you're listening to this. We are in Billings, Montana this week. This is going to be another bonus episode. So I can't say bonus episodes anymore because this is actually the second time that I've thrown an unscheduled podcast into the to the, uh, to the mix. So we're, we're throwing this in. I'm in Billings, Montana with a client and a friend, and, and we were just having conversation over lunch and meals, and I said, you know, this is, let's stop right there. And let's have those conversations. So I'd like to introduce you to Nick Lambert with Faithful Disaster Restoration in Billings, Montana. What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be able to jump on here with Clark and just uh, uh, share some of my experiences with everyone and see if maybe it can be influential and motivational to anyone that might be listening. Awesome. First, let's start with the name of the company, brother. Tell, tell us, talk about yeah. faith, Faithful Restoration. <laughs> faithful, yeah. Faithful Disaster Restoration. So uh, we were started uh, in October of 2005, and I actually started as a house cleaning company. And uh, at the time, I'd been stuck in the restaurant industry for seven long years. And um, I had seen the success my neighbor was having with cleaning company. And so I told my wife, hey, I'm going to go start this cleaning company. She says, Nick, I can't imagine a guy cleaning houses and having it work. And 
I said, well, I'm just going to have to have a lot of faith in God that it's going to work. And she says, well, that can be your name. Your name can be faithful. So <laughs> I actually said, okay. So, you know, we started as faithful uh, housekeeping, moved into faithful cleaning. As we added carpet cleaning and restoration, we moved into faithful cleaning and restoration. And now all we do is disaster restoration. So our name is now faithful disaster restoration. So over the past um, 15 and a half years, we have transitioned to many different names, um, you know, starting with that faithful housekeeping all the way ending the faithful disaster restoration yeah quite a journey you've been on i will i will tell everybody that's listening and, and you're going to hear you're going to hear some noises going on and i'm going to edit some things out but i want you to know that we're sitting out in a pretty new probably six to seven months we're sitting in the contents uh center an entire center was built around their contents production processes but we would be in an office except at the moment there is no office um Nick and his team are, you purchased your building. Yeah, I purchased the building about three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago. Yeah. And now we're doing a major renovation. Major of, renovation. Uh, a lot of growth, took over some extra space here in the building. And, you know, he's got a neighbor, but um, doing a major renovation. So we have a temporary office, which everybody's in. Everybody's, trailer on wheels. Trailer on wheels. <laughs> everybody's really close and, and really up and personal. So, um, so good growth, but we're out in the warehouse where, listen, it, you know, everybody's cut out for today. It's been really busy week. I think what, you know, for a couple of weeks, that was slow, but, uh, doing, you, you know, everybody's out working right now. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say slow, but over Christmas, New Year's, the call volume dropped a little bit, but for whatever reason, since second or third of January, it's just been crazy, and it just there's no stopping right now. It's um, we can't keep up with the call volume. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. It is very we're very blessed to be in that position, but like most of our um, fellow restoration uh, companies that we know around the country, we're struggling to find good help. Yeah, you know and that transcends restoration. It's any blue collar. Absolutely. Um, the 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 idea and anybody that listens to Mike Rowe from dirty jobs the, the idea that this this country has vilified or villainized the, the idea of doing blue collar work and uh you talk to any plumbing company that does good work hvac these are services that people still need but we just can't we can't do them so nope. um yes and, and nick's right i could probably talk to 12 or 15 people tomorrow and half of them are, are ailing with that so especially if you're doing good work and you're growing well, listen, I, want, I wanted to give a real quick backstory. Um, Nick and I met, well, we met with the Alliance of Independent Restorers Summit in Boulder, Colorado. Wasn't that a great summit? It was a great summit. Great summit. One of my first ever summits like, oh, like so that. Oh, nothing, I, I, nothing to compare it to. Nothing. No, I, I'd been to uh, REITs when they do, did their, uh, uh, their first uh major event where they had like yeah. a five-day event I, I did that at the end of 2018 but this was my first event where it was um just a multitude of different individuals from our industry that yeah. were you know different together. sizes different, different, different sizes, great everything. speakers and, and yeah. reitz does the same thing reitz puts on a great but i i know that and i have too but you you met a lot of people that are now considered friends and colleagues oh and, absolutely and keep relationships up with so we met we met in boulder uh, for that event, that's where we kind of formed a, a, a conversation, and then later, that was in us. That was in spring of 2019, and then later in the year, we we bumped into each other again in beautiful Clearwater, Florida, at the mm. Experience. And, beautiful place. And um, at that time, it was more of a okay. We've met, 
and I'm, I, I've heard your name a little bit more and you started asking, you had some particular, and I didn't know it right away, but you had some particular pain points in the business. So you, we started, you know, talking it out. And then, um, you know, it, again, what you were saying yesterday, it's like, it was like, I wasn't pushing you, you know, well, not close the sale, but you were just, you were fishing and I was offering whenever you had something, but I guess it was June or July of 2019. We kind of locked it in and said, let's, let's tackle the, these, yeah. these things. Yeah. I think it was June of 19. And mm-hmm. then right after we locked it in, we brought you up here for yeah. a visit. And, um, yeah, so we've been working together for, uh, not quite two years, but you know, getting close to that point. Yeah. So we, we, we get together a couple times a year, two, two, at least two. Sometimes yeah. if, if circumstances, the growth has been so incredible sometimes like this one wasn't scheduled till last minute, but this, this brought us to this ties into a conversation we were having. Um, I don't know who we were having this conversation. We always do, but, uh, your culture. So culture. you had, you had a, a staffing issue, which was causing everything, to yeah. you know, that started everything. And that's, was one of the reasons that said, Hey, come aboard. Um, at that point you had, you had already cleaned house. Yeah. Yeah. So give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, uh, I started, got deep into disaster restoration right about 2010. And of course, right after that started hiring uh, team members to be part of my team, uh, turn the corner, let's just say 2018, I into 2017, I, started seeing some stuff happening with my team that I didn't like. I started seeing some stuff uh, happening that I really wanted to change. Um, and so going into 2018, uh, one of my major goals was to really uh, take back my business. I didn't feel like I had control over my own company. I felt like there was an internal power struggle with me and some of the team members that I had on staff. And so at that point, we were only a staff of eight and uh you know, I spent the better part of 18 trying to change those key individuals that were causing me uh, bad, bad culture issues. And of course, you can't lead a you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Um, Clark, I tried doing everything I could to get the management that I had in place on board with the changes I wanted to make. And these weren't selfish changes. They were changes that were needed for our company to be able to continue to grow and continue to build and we just couldn't get them to wrap their heads around it if it wasn't their idea that they came up with they didn't want to be a part of anything different and one of the things we really wanted to do is we wanted to go digital we wanted to start embracing a lot of the technology that was in our industry and unfortunately i just couldn't i couldn't get them to do that so um as we turned the corner towards the end of 2018, Clark, I was, I was slow. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking, the phone was not ringing slow. I'm mm-hmm. talking, um, we started, we started, I went, I went into, I went, I went bad into debt, bad yeah. into debt just to keep this team together because mm-hmm. I was, it wasn't that I was afraid of making changes. It was that I was afraid of going backwards because I had felt like every time we've tried to push and, and climb this mountain, to try to grow our company to a massive level, it seems like we've come hurling back down. And so mm-hmm. this was just one of those situations that I felt similar. But as we as we approached Christmas of 2018, we were just, we were dead. We weren't getting calls. And at, at that point, I just, I had to really have a conversation with myself. Um, these key individuals aren't following what I want to 
my vision for the company. They're not following with what I want to make this company, which they just weren't on board. And so as we turned into 2019, right around January of 2019, I made the decision that I needed to get rid of most of my staff. I needed to get rid of the bad apples. I needed to get rid of the people that were telling me to my face, oh yeah, Nick, we like that idea. It's a great idea. And then going behind my back and getting the rest of the team members upset saying, well, what the hell is Nick thinking? You know, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing and he's just causing us more work. And <clears throat> so actually about this time, two years ago, um, not to the day, but pretty close. I brought every single person into my, my office one by one. I let, I took a staff of, um, at that point we were a staff of seven and I let everybody but three guys go and four people. No, just, yeah, he let four people go. Yeah, four yeah, people we, go. yeah we kept, and, and one of those guys would have been let go. He had quit about two weeks earlier in January. Um, and so at that point, the three people that I, I kept, I said, look, I'm keeping you guys because I really feel like we're hitting the reset button. We're going to start casting the vision of what I want for this company. We're going to create a culture that's conducive to everybody growing and wanting to work here and enjoying the work here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I said, you know, this is what we're going to do. Let's, let's grab the bull by the horns and let's go. I'm going to ask you a question because I think it's important for people listening. Um, how hard was that day? Probably one of the hardest scenes I've ever done in my life. I mean, boy, you, you, you know, you, you envision how the conversations are going to go. Um, you envision what you're going to be able to say and try to come up with reactionary, you know, just reactionary statements yeah. to them. I wasn't sure if half of them were going to get violent. I wasn't sure if half mm -hmm. of them were expecting it. Um, at that time, my general manager had been with me for five years in that mm. position. And um, he was one of the guys I decided to let go of. And that was the hardest thing to do because uh, at that point, it was our relationship had dwindled so much at that point. Yeah. But I still I didn't know how he was going to react. I didn't know if he was going to get violent and start throwing shit around my office. I didn't know if he was going to get up and, you know, just walk out. And um, it was actually really, really hard to do. But yeah. um, but we had to do it. We had yeah. to do what was. Yeah. yeah, we you, had. You'd already come to the conclusion. This was the right thing. It so was the right thing. It yeah. wasn't hard. You weren't questioning whether you were making the right decision. It was just how do I. Because you, you, I know you care about people. How do I let these people How go? How do I let these people go? And yeah. so, and, and also, I want to say, I've been in your office. You have a lot of stuff or shit, as you said. They had a lot of stuff to choose from to throw. You, there's, a, there's, a, there's a DeLorean. There's probably an R2D2. So, probably um, Goonies poster. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I knew, I knew that caused you a lot of stress. But I, I have another question. And sure. this is going to lead to much of what we're talking about. So, had you not let it manifest so long, would it have been all four or would it, did it, did it, was it a tumor that spread? Yeah. So and you let it fester and it, it infected others. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so first of all, the first thing that we have to do is we have to, in these types of situations, we have to really look at, look at ourselves in the mirror and we have to say, who is ultimately responsible for this? Yeah. You know what? And at the end of the day, it wasn't my general manager. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the other people. It was one bad apple that spread, but it was me who allowed that because mm -hmm. I, I gave too much trust over to somebody and didn't really entail all my expectations to them. Yeah. And at that point, when I really wanted to make the changes, um, they just weren't on board with it because th there's a lot of pride involved, you know, making, but you know, making sure that it was their idea, but 
you know, it comes back to me. I'm the one who allowed it. I'm the la- and I knew it was getting bad. I knew it was getting bad at the end of 2017, mm-hmm. but I did nothing to stop it. I mean, this is going to sound horrible, Clark, but I was intimidated. I was intimidated to to stand up to him because yeah, yeah. It, it, what would happen is he would rally all the troops, so to speak. Yeah, you you fell on an island. You I were... fell on an island, and and there were times when they would bring something to my attention. We'd have a morning meeting. They bring something to my attention, and it was. Every single person around the table would say, would, would tell me that, you know, well, they don't agree with this decision. They don't agree with that decision. And at the end of the day, whose company is it? Who's yeah. writing the checks? Yeah. It was me writing the checks. It was my company at that point who had went well over $300,000 in yeah. the hole yeah. to keep something alive. That, to keep them paid. To keep their them families, paid. To keep their, them the mortgages. And their, Ma- mortgages. Clark, uh, Christmas of that year, I had to put on a credit card because I had cleaned out my savings just to make sure that people got bonuses uh, it wasn't even bonuses. It was commissions based off of how we set stuff up. And it was a complete bullshit commission. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it. I'm happy it happened, though, yeah. because everything that happened, uh, it leads to who we are today. We, we yeah. become stronger by our mistakes. And really, I had to I had to start with myself. That mm-hmm. was the first thing I had to start with myself. And I had to really get myself on board because I'll be honest with you, I I I, I consider just being a two man show me and one right. other guy and just let's just run it. And uh, you know, sometimes your profit margins are better that way than being <laughs> a big company. Um, but I thought, you know, I'm a man of faith and I really felt like, you know what, that's not what God envisions for this company. It's not what I want to do for this company. Essentially God forced my hand to make some decisions that were well overdue. Yeah. And the, I, I cut those people And Clark. We hadn't had two jobs come in that month. It was just dead. Hadn't had a winter yet. Mm-hmm. And this is January, Montana. <laughs> and we hadn't had a winter. It's almost like this year, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of wind, but no cold and no snow. I, I let those guys go in the morning. I went and had lunch. And that afternoon, we started getting calls. And over the next <laughs> few days, we started having calls. Clark, I, I, you, can't, you can't write this no. stuff. The next week, we had a huge snowstorm move through. That was a huge cold that sat in. And that cold did not let up until the middle of April. We were so slammed, we couldn't keep up. And it was just four of us. But Clark, the four of us were doing more work, more work than, than the rest, seven. than yeah. the seven of them. And um, and so that's when I set out to, to you know, okay, I guess we are rebuilding this thing. And yeah. We are going to go with it. And um, I dug myself out of that deep financial hole that we were in. And we started doing stuff differently. We started hiring people based off of not necessarily need, but position. I need somebody that's going to come in and do this. I need another person that's going to come in and fill this certain need for our mm-hmm. company. And we started looking at key individuals that were going to be important to our company who are going to fit the culture going forward. And we took we took some chances on some people that um, that most people would have maybe passed up. Mm-hmm. And those guys have become some of my loyal, yeah. most loyal guys. And they have really, really pushed the culture in our business. When you say, and I want to, I want to add in here. When you say you invested in people, you didn't just, you didn't bring them board. You just like, if, if once I chose the right person and now I'm not the, I'm not the Nick that I was a year ago. Nope. I know I learned, I learned. I've got scar tissue and I've learned my mistake and, and I, and I know what happens if I do it again and I don't like how that feels. Nope. You invested in people again, yep. the right people, Jim Collins, the right people, right in the right seats. I can train them. I, I I'm good enough of a person, and I know enough about this industry. So you, you brought it, and you do. And and, and let's fast forward for just a moment sure. to today. You have thirteen, uh, 14. 14, 14 people. people, and we need more. Yeah, so yeah. at this point, 
there are three positions we are currently hiring for. Yeah. And if those three positions got filled tomorrow, then we would be two years later. Yeah. Going from three to 17 people. I, I, I expect Clark within the next four weeks will probably be 17 people. So this growth might still might not be enough, but what's, <laughs> what's interesting is some of your key players came from within and we, we just finished right. You know, I'm up here today. We're writing job descriptions for jobs that didn't exist two months ago. So mm-hmm. we found that there's for this thing to grow and scale, um, there needs to be new positions with leadership to create junior leaders and create more pillars. Cause I'll go into that in a minute, but I want to go back to everyone that just heard that story. I probably, I don't know how many are going to listen to this, maybe, maybe two people or maybe 200, (laughs) but they're probably, if they hear it, they're going to say, I have absolutely been in that position. And sometimes it's with friends and family and you keep people aboard because what's that going to look like at Thanksgiving if I fire my cousin or my brother. But listen, I think what, 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 and I see this a lot as, as a coach, you have to separate business and remove the emotion. So you've got another, at this point, at that point, you had three more people and you didn't know who was going to stay or not, but it's not about the ones you keep, but it's the ones that are wanting to be here to build something with you. Yes. You owe them to not keep that cancer around, let it go and then cut it out. And then now you have the culture is such in place that the team will not allow to keep people around they actually kick out the bad actors they, <laughs> they clean their own they yep ranks yep, yep we've clark we've we've brought a couple people on and we're, we're pretty particular about who we who we hire they've got to have a resume there's things that we look for in the resume before we even consider them for an interview mm-hmm. if they get through the first interview we have them do a disc assessment mm, culture index yeah culture i mean they have to they have to really be they have to go through some hoops to get through here yeah and there have been people that we have hired and Four days in, I start getting, you know, culture reports, so to speak, back yeah. from, from the team. And they're like, Bosh, your homeboy ain't going to make it. And I'm like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. They're like, nope, ain't going to happen. Got to have faith. Got to have faith. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? And and we find ourselves, uh, they push they push these new people. They push each other yeah. to make everybody better. And if they're not, if they're not, they'll push a new guy that comes on. They'll challenge him and they'll push him. If the new guy doesn't doesn't rise to the occasion, they will eat him up. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to mean it like in a bad way, but this is a this is a family here. Yeah. And all my guys truly believe that it is a privilege to work here. Yeah. They enjoy working here. They have fun working here. And so it is so important for them that when we hire somebody, that these people have the company's best in, intentions in mind. And you know, and, and you know, one of the things that I think really. Uh, I mean, these guys, if there's a job that comes in after hours, I don't have to beg for, hey, I need somebody to go out. We put out a we put out a, a text to let people know, hey, we got a job coming in after hours. I'm turning my guys away. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know what? I, I only needed three. I have six people that are ready here. Yeah. But um that but 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 when they see new people that aren't rising to those type of occasions, they're just like, Man, this guy this guy ain't here for the company, yeah. you know? And so it's 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 um it's cool. It's it's very it's, contagious. And well, so your culture, you is culture. You've gotten good at expressing. You 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 now are clear, and you're not alone. You got others that are helping you with that, which yeah. is a lot of people feel alone. You know, when we talk about culture, and, and I'm going to talk about our industry, but we're probably talking about any blue collar industry because most of us grew up in trades where culture didn't exist. Thirty, no. not not real culture. So culture is. Get out there, do your job. No whining, just do it. And and if you don't know how to do something, I got to find somebody else that does. And for me, 
Nick, I talk to a lot of people and they say, well, I'm still a small company. And they think that that's something that only larger companies, and I'll say, well, how large do you think? Well, I think I need to have more than 10 people for like to have a real culture feel. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I think you start building it from day one with one person and two people, and then it, it grows and increases with your core values and passion and stuff. So I, I hear a lot of people say, a culture, I have a hard time measuring that. There's no KPIs for it. And I, and I completely disagree. Well, I disagree too. Your culture is so important that uh, you can measure it by the excitement of your your staff and your team members. You can measure it by who enjoys getting up in the morning and coming to work. And that, listen, there's a lot of people in the business, coaching world consultants, that throw it around like, I'm a culture coach. I'm a culture coach. But what does that look, you know, we're people of physical things. We like, what does that look like? We're used to results looking like a product that we make. So what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I, first of all, I think that any size of company can have a positive culture. And I think it starts with, I think it starts with one person. Mm -hmm. It starts with yourself as an owner, mm -hmm. creating a good culture and then getting that out to your employees. So when I, when I hit the reset button in my business, so to speak, it was just me and three other guys. And I started redoing the culture on day one. Mm -hmm. And it's little things that you do that mm -hmm. make big changes. And so um, it's not something that you need to be, be a big corporation to have good culture. Good culture will attract people yeah. to your company. We have interviewed people, Clark, that have probably been overqualified um, for, I don't want to say overqualified, but you know they've made better money other places. Mm -hmm. But they're tired of dealing with the crap that they've yeah. had to deal with. And so for them, they're like, man, this just seems like just such a great place to work. Well, I think people generally, so hitting that employment wise, some people know that you have to go backwards to go forwards. Yes. You do. So you hit a reset. Some people know in their life, they've got to hit a reset saying mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at a job that I'm not going anywhere and I can mm -hmm. stay there another three years and just be miserable, or I can go somewhere, prove myself because I have confidence yep. and probably have a good opportunity. And guess what? Working for a restoration company where we actually help people, like I'm not selling a product, I'm actually selling yeah. a service. Selling a service. You know, to me, culture starts with, how, how do you want to say it? So if you have a, I know goals is it, but if you, if your team is clear that you're trying to go somewhere and do something else and that you identify who your best customers are, and if you back them up, I, I, I know of a certain, I just thought of a, a case where uh, in, the employees, this team told the owner, we just went and did an assessment or a first response, and this is not a good fit for us. Mm -hmm. But it was a big house, and I think I think the boss and they told me I think the boss is going to want us to do that job, but it was it's not going to be good for us. They told their employer saying it's not a good job for us. He said, "I trust you. Let's get out of doing it." And and at that moment, that told those people that we meant more than a few dollars. Absolutely. And um, I've I've had those cases in racist forms. I've had. Yep. African-American employees that got talked to terribly and the employer said, you know what? Nope. Your money's no good with us. Yep. And that, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. So, you know, sh forecasting and, and casting out the vision and not just being a sign on the wall or on your website, but you actually live it. You and I were just working on, uh, re we, we always look at the core values saying, core well, values, these, yep. you know, so the core values aren't just keywords, but, how would we say everybody gets filtered through that? Like right, every every person you hire or or they want to wants a, 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 a advancement or trying to get to another level, say, well, which of these you know core values is your toughest? Which you know, so that's culture. It's culture. 
And I think culture is also a feeling, you know. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, I dreaded getting up and coming to work. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I, I would drag my ass out of bed, and it was everything I could to come in. Yeah, and culture is top down. So if you feel yes. that way, everybody else is going to exactly. feel that way. Exactly. But I was feeling that way because of the culture in my business. Yeah. So now, yeah, I love get I I the weekends here, and I'm and I'm like the the weekends here, and I'm like, oh man, I you know yeah. I, uh, I I I I got to go home. I mean, I love hanging time. I love spending time with my family, but it's nice to be able to come to a place that you actually enjoy working and the and. That's not just how I feel. Yeah. It's contagious. Everybody feels yeah. that way here. Um, you know, we, we we try to keep very in tune with our 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 personnel. We do one on one one on one lunch with lunches with them. Um, yeah. So we rotate. So all the management takes out somebody different for lunch once a week, and we hear we ask them for their ideas. We ask them for their feedback on everything. We really make every person in our company feel valued yeah we make them feel like they are as important no matter what job they do if they're scrubbing a toilet yeah that job is just as important yeah as you know as is what my no. operations manager do and and i think clark i think it also is with with the job titles and and what you give them too because um you can you can you can take somebody who's doing janitorial work mm -hmm. and you could call them a, a janitor yeah and that's not that's not really it it doesn't it doesn't do much but i can make i can make cleaning the toilet feel that my guys that are cleaning the toilet sanitation feel, ambassador sanitation <laughs> ambassador <laughs> sanitation sanitation uh, technician i mean there's specialist, so many yeah. specialists there's so many different ways that you could do it and by doing that that actually makes them feel like i mean you i like i said i can make feeling a cleaning the toilet feel like a valuable job and make them feel valued. And my mm. team, my team is so respect. We're so respective of each other mm. and they're so respective of me that, uh, and this is, this is absolutely crazy, but we had a string uh, back in November, a string of sewage backups. Uh, water main had backed up in our town, had flooded about a city and a half block. We ended up with quite a few jobs and we had to work over the weekend. And so I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in. And numerous times I was told, that ain't your job, boss. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to be there. No, that is not your job. Your job is is here. Your yeah. job is to do what, what you're doing now. Yeah. Your job isn't, we're not going to have the CEO of our company standing in two feet of shit. And I'm like, okay, so you know what we did? My wife and I got up that Saturday morning. We went to um, went to Starbucks, got everybody a large mocha, large ice mocha. Went and got a bunch of donuts for them brought it brought it to them actually mm -hmm. served my guys mm -hmm. my whole staff right. before they started for the day and uh you know said a quick prayer for, the, for for them and their safety in the day and then um while they were out on the job site i told them i said hey you know whatever you guys decide you want for lunch uh, order it have it have it ubered or not mm -hmm. uber uber eats to yeah. the job site yeah and it's stuff like that that makes huge differences to them especially for them on a saturday morning that i got up I got up at I got up before six so we could get everything picked up and yeah. brought to the office before they went out and head out another day. You know what else, Nick? Is uh, we're talking about culture and components and ingredients of that is is being vulnerable. So mm -hmm. your team knowing that you don't have all the answers yep. and that you depend on them to have them. So you already said, not only do you give them those titles, but you say, listen, if you, I'm going to give you this title because you're proud of what you do. I also want you to tell me what what's going to make us better in that area of what you Absolutely. do. I'm sure you sit there while you're cleaning a toilet or 
or cleaning a wall and think of ways that we could be doing it better. I, I, we all need to know that because I don't have all the best ideas. So no. being that vulnerable, knowing everyone, knowing you've got scars from what you went through yep. and that you had, they, they, they say, okay, well, he, we, we've got what we got now because he had to do some stuff yeah. and there's endearing that. So I, I want to move forward to the, the dividends have been paid from having a good culture. Besides you would have done it no matter what, no what, matter what. tell me what your December looked like. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, December was awesome for me because we were busy. We were pretty busy. We had a couple big projects going on and, uh, I had decided I was taking three weeks off a goal, a, a goal. goal. It was a goal. It was a goal of mine that we had actually shot for um, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to see how the business ran without me mm -hmm. from top to bottom with not having me involved. So mm -hmm. I spent, um, actually not me, my our crew, we spent, you know, the last several months just really building up our staff and, and hardest part for me, Clark, delegation. I had to delegate so much stuff off to everybody, but I had to make sure that I felt, you know, felt it wasn't a trust factor. I just had to let go of it and just, yeah. and, and, and just truly believe that they were, they were going to take care of stuff. So, uh, I was off from the 20th, 18th, 19th, 19th or 20th of December Clark until, um, the, I came back to work the 11th of January and, uh, and, and it was great. They bugged me. Uh, I got maybe two phone calls that whole time and they were minor issues. It was actually, um, uh, a couple things that we didn't think about that actually mm -hmm. came up that they had to get a hold of me. They didn't bug me the rest of the time. And the, the, probably the most rewarding part is when I came in January 11th, I spent a few, couple hours in the morning going over recaps of where, what new jobs came in, where we were at with some of our current jobs. And, um, and that was it. I didn't have, I didn't have a bunch of follow-up phone calls to make. I didn't have a bunch of tasks to follow up on Clark taking even a week off uh, years ago would result in me working 80 to 80 hours a week for two or three weeks, catching up, catching depending up. on how busy we were. Yeah. You know, I know that was a goal of yours. And so going back to, you know, delegating behind, we have calls, we have scheduled calls that we have over every, you know, couple every week or so, but then even between, I sometimes feel like you want to reach to the phone and punch me because how often do I say, Nick, did you, you could, you should delegate that, right? Oh, you should, gosh, you yeah, should give that yeah. to somebody else. So he's all like, I know you did. Uh, so you started opening up, well, you're going to tell me, tell me I shouldn't have done this, but I have a good reason. And I get it. Like, listen, the whole thing about delegation in anybody's company is not to me, mean that you have the least to do, but it's for you to do the important work. My, 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 what we are, what my job in this company now mm -hmm. Is not so much to run the company mm -hmm. as it is to guide, 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 and vision cast this mm -hmm. company, and be a support mm -hmm. for all of my employees, and make sure that each and every one of the people that work with us is is feels valued. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly want Clark. I want every one of my employees. I asked every single one of them to put on a piece of paper yeah. coming into the 2019. I wanted their goals for the company, mm -hmm. their personal goals for the company, and I asked them. Put some personal goals on there for yourself yeah. because I truly, truly want to be involved in helping them succeed on yeah. all their goals. We read through those yesterday and, um, you know, some of them, yes, there's business ones and we can help with that. But we saw some um, finish a renovation, renovation. Uh, buy a better truck, buy a house. Buy and, a house. And listen, you might ask yourself, well, that's great. You know, what do you need? No, we need to dive in and say, well, what can we do? Like, is there some coaching? Is there some 
Can we get you some uh, business management classes? Can we help you with introduce you to a lender that'll give you yep. a checklist? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, what is it? How about this? How about your bonuses that you get from me? How about I put those into a tax refer, referred, you know, maybe there's some kind of investment maybe, plan yep. where you don't spend it and you say, can I help you save? Because it might not be the stream. Yeah. And that's where everybody lifts each other up. So I liked reading all of the goals and some of them were surprising. Yeah. And like, wow, that person really wants to. And, but most of them were like, we want to see what else we can do here. I like there was mm -hmm. one I was like, we've done so much. Just imagine what else we can do. And yeah. That was pretty cool. Absolutely. And and I think that you having be being a being a boss that has an open mind, mm -hmm. open door policy where anybody can come in and yeah. talk to me, not about jobs, you know, but actually things, you know, yeah. I mean, I've had people come in and, and talk to me about personal things in their lives and they just wanted to talk for it, you know, for a yeah. while. And I'm talking my, our yeah. staff, our team right. members. And um, so having that is part of good culture and it's important because it's also important to allow them to be heard and feel heard mm -hmm. and take their, their ideas into consideration. Some of my best ideas that we have implemented in this company have come from mm -hmm. listening to my, my technicians or listening to uh, my staff and not, and, and taking the ego out of it. This isn't about me. I don't care if I came up with it. Yeah. If I don't care if it's the newest guy that sees something, Yeah. if he has something that's going to better this company, why wouldn't I take that into consideration? Yeah. And that's part of making everybody feel valued. You know, I love, you know, you guys all text and play. Everybody here has a nickname. You know, that's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every uh, every morning you kind of have a kickoff meeting we for do. the day. It's like, you know, here's what the day looks like. You know, it's, and listen, they are digital. There's, there's, you know, CRMs and platforms and software that could, everybody could look at their schedule. But there's something about getting together in the morning. And then, so you have a, you have a shout out. Yep. Who did something extraordinary or that you thought they went above and beyond their role. Yep. So there's a good shout out. And then I guess on Mondays you have the, who everybody writes a piece of paper. Yeah. So everybody votes for um, the previous week on which team member they saw consistently going above and beyond. And so then what we do is we take whoever they vote for yeah. and we give them $50 cash. Yeah. Yeah. So that goes right into their pockets Yeah. and they love it. it yeah. it's, it's great. Something else that we do too, which I think is great at uh, building. And we do this about once a month as well is we actually take everybody's name we make every team member draw from a hat somebody's name they can't draw their own and we make them give um two positives and a negative mm. so and that's kind of what i called it two positives and negative and the negative isn't because we're wanting to point out flaws but we want to find things that they can work on for instance one of the one of the ones i actually would get a lot when my team members would draw my name is nick is great at communication nick is great at taking care of customers Nick needs to delegate more. So I had they, they would give yeah. me two positives and a negative. And the negative isn't that Nick sucks at delegation or Nick's a control freak. It's a coaching. It's a it's a it's a coachable moment. And it's not coming from me. Yeah. It's not coming from manager. It's coming from their own peers. And our guys love that because it's an opportunity for them to really sit back and 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 build on that. And and it's an opportunity for them to look at each other and say, hey. I don't know because it's discreet. They don't know who did it, but we've had guys stand up and say, Hey, whoever said that I need to do such and such better, please come and talk to me after, after our morning meeting, because I really want to know exactly what you meant because I want to get better. I want to be, I want to be an ace at whatever I do. Yeah. You know, we were sitting down writing some job descriptions um, and some of the job descriptions that we were writing today were for positions that didn't exist 
but we have some people that want those positions. So what do we decide to do? Well, so I assigned them tasks and I said, I want you to write a job description of what this position looks like. Yeah. That way it's coming from them and I'm getting their feedback. And actually, right before we started this podcast, I went up to one of my, um, one of my project managers and train, well, he's project manager. He wants to be elevated to uh, a department manager. And Clark, um, I told him, he says, so what, what are you asking for? Are you wanting SOPs? And I said, no. I said, I want bullet points. Yeah. And his eyes lit up and he's like, so you want me to tell you exactly how I think the job should be? I said, pretty much. I want you to tell me every single uh, responsibility. responsibility that you're going to have in that job. What, what would you be accountable for? What would you be accountable yeah. for? And then he says, well, one of the other gals says, well, I want to help with that. Perfect. Perfect. Collaborate. That's your guys's. You saw when it's due. Yeah. Get it done. <laughs> so, and, and then you're awesome. going to get it. And you might have some things to touch For up, sure. but, but they'll be, they will say, you know what? It was 90% theirs with some coaching. Yeah. You know, you and I watched a video with Jocko said, if your team has a 70% plan, go with their plan and coach them through the yeah, rest absolutely. of it. Even if you're a hundred percent, let them go. Yeah. Because that's part of, that's part of valuing. That's part of instilling value. If you, if you have a business where, and, and, and actually I, not to throw any of my competitors under the bus, but we, we had a gentleman who came to work for us this past fall. This He had been at another restoration company in town. I usually do not hire other people from other restoration companies, but he had just he had just been beat up by mm. the ownership and the management, not valued, not respected. And his first week here, he was just blown away. He, he would go up to my managers and say, I just can't believe that you guys actually ask us for feedback and you, you, he felt valued. Yeah. And his wife actually told him, this is the best I've seen you. <laughs> uh, the happiest I've seen you in a long time. She's like, it's the new job. Doesn't that touch you it, down deep? It, it, it really does because it, it, you know, it's not just me. It's, it's a proud moment for yeah. our, for Everyone. what we created, for Everyone. what everybody has been a part of and for what everybody has done to get us there. Because the thing about that Clark is you, you can't, you cannot, you can't buy that. No, that has to. You, you don't learn it in school. You don't learn it in school. It it, it, it has to come naturally, and it, for, it comes to your your growth, your and growth, your, and yep, your, and your failures and wins, and your failures and your wins, and and that's that's what that's what's exciting about it is we instill value, and nobody can take it from you. Nobody either. can take it from us, and so we. I put a lot of emphasis on making every single person in our company feel like they matter mm. and that they have a voice. And I think you've done that. I think everybody here, there's a relaxation. I mean, I see people, nobody's uptight and tense. And mm. even, you know what, even when they make mistakes, I don't see them coming and say, God, boss, I messed up. I said, listen, I, I, um, we need to, I've got an idea for an SOP because I, I made a mistake that it's just something I didn't know. And there might be others that didn't know it. So, you yeah. know, one, I know we got to start wrapping it up. There was, yep. there was something that happened last year that I, kind of ties into this you you had employed over a, a summer or two you had employed a, a, i guess two <laughs> two two young men yes. that had been off at college and yep. and one of them jake was it jake yeah, jake, yep. jake had been here a couple part-time summers yep. and break screen break or whatnot yep. and you had started casting this vision about all this stuff you wanted to do and yep. maybe there's a part of him that says yeah yeah it's just talk or whatever and i don't know who he was in school for but he came back this past summer and he's like holy cow look at all this technology you've got matterport you've got a computer system you've got people you bought their building and you're you're renovating you really did everything you know and, and of course you said but it wasn't just me it was 
it was an army the village the building yeah Yeah, the village did it so and last thing you know i think we probably have touched on some things that some people will start saying you've given me some ideas and and i already have that i just am not a lot of people are saying that's in me i just not putting it out but i will tell you and i think from what we first started talking about and i know for me this means you getting outside of your business and Everybody should join something like an industry association, go to these conferences, meet other peers that are of high quality because they're they're probably either A, struggling with it currently and you can do it together or they've overcome. Have you ever met Nicole Humber from BRC Restoration? Did you meet her at REITs? I don't think so. So Nicole is a culture queen. I mean, she is a girl boss, hashtag girl boss. Nicole, I know you're going to listen to this and you're going to blush or no, you might actually like me talking about you, but, um, <laughs> but culture is it her team. She's in uh, Santa Rosa, California, above, uh, San Francisco, okay. woman owned business in a, in a very, very tough market done, done it right. And, and I will tell you, you t- we talked about early on in this call about everybody's shorthanded right now. And so some people fear if I put so much into my staff and make them feel that way, Listen, your competitors are going to eventually try to start stealing your people. But if your culture's right and if the direction's right, they're not going anywhere. They're going to yeah. tell you, say, hey, I got so-and-so's trying to call me and hire me. But I know how they, they're nothing like it here is here. And, and maybe another dollar an hour, it won't matter. It's happened. And it happens. And yeah. and now that staffing is as hard as it is, with the, the, the direct problem we talked about, yeah. it, it's time you don't. You don't lock them. You can't just pay somebody an extra dollar to keep them. No, they're gonna they're gonna leave if they leave you if they don't believe in what you're doing or if they don't have a future. So, you've got to do these other things. And again, ego is a lot to do with it. It is, and and actually, it's funny you say that because we actually had um, another restoration company come after one of my one of my key uh, one of my key uh, project managers and um, numerous occasions. And every single time, he's like, no. I'm not going to leave this because I truly believe in the vision here and I want to see it through. And I truly believe that this is where I'm supposed to be. And Clark, he turned down more money and he never even came back to me and said, Hey, I want more money to stay. He said, you know what? He's like, I know what I have here. I know what the growth is here. I know where we're going and I want to be a part of it. That's good culture. It's good culture. You know, and again, it's hard to find, it's hard to see but you know it when you have it. Um, so to get there real quick, I would first off say you got to you've got to do an audit. You've got to take a real hard look of who's on your team right now. You've got to figure out a filter. Do they match in all these categories? Maybe you come up with a they've got to be a one through a five, and they've got to be better than a four average or something, or or maybe they don't fit, or and especially depending on what category it is. And then you've got to open yourself up and tell the good ones, saying, "Look, we're going to shift, and it might take six months, it might take two years, but we're going to make this." A much better place because I think the future for us is in in, in culture, mm-hmm. and, and you've got to do that, and and you know, and, and just drop your guard, just so much. But this was important enough to have a a, a bonus podcast about it because it's talked about a lot. Can you hire a coach to help with? Absolutely. Is it required? No. If you read something by Simon Sinek, know your why. It's, you know, there's a lot of good books on culture, but Simon Sinek's is a really good one. But you know, just just. Reach out to some people who you see, either if you're in a Facebook group or if you're online and you've been to an event and you say, man, I think that person's really got a good culture. I bet you you reach out to them and ask them for some of their time. 
they'll not only give you your time, they may actually say, why don't you hop on a plane and fly out here and work with us for a day or two or a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can't go to any school and learn what you'll learn from watching someone else with, with uh, impl- implementation with that. So I'm, um, I'm super glad, I'm super glad to know you. Um, I, uh, I, I pull a lot of things that you're doing and spread that across this industry with even some of my other clients and even some of the classes I teach. Cause I think it's been a, it's been a great example of what can be done and, and not a lot of people would have quit at this point, like, you know, stop doing it. But <laughs> I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast. I know you um, wanted to be famous and you didn't get to go to any live concerts last no, year. So. No, no, didn't get, didn't get to be famous. So. <laughs> didn't get to go to any live concerts. So, but um, no, and we appreciate everything you've done uh, for us as well, Clark, cause you've been a very instrumental part in helping us build this as well. And um, helping us, um, you know, get out of what's been stuck in us, I guess. Yeah. Well, I do. I think I, I often challenge y'all's beliefs mm-hmm. and I, I take off the blinders sometimes because we all, we all have blinders and we, we don't know what we don't know. And we, yep. we start to think that this is how this has always been done and this is safe. Yes. Um, so I know that I sometimes challenge and I, I get challenged a lot. So um, I think, you know, they don't all work out. Some of them we swing in a miss and some of them we make contact and some of them we actually hit some home runs. So, Really proud of what you've done. Really, Thank you. really, really proud that you've helped. If if three or thirty people hear this, I, I hope it gets put into place. And if I can even help one person yeah. make a difference in their business, it's worth it. And reach out to reach out to. I'm gonna make your phone blow up. Reach out. Do it. Do Faithful Disaster Restoration Billings. It's not hard to find. Beautiful place to come visit. Come up here. But um, really moving and shaking. Probably doesn't have everything figured out, but you've got the good stuff figured out, and it can only get better. It's only going up from here. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Clark. We appreciate you. See you, buddy. Take care, everyone.